Bright to be Red podcast, episode number 29. Interview with John Paul Aquar. You are listening to the Right to be Red podcast, and this is your host, Ani Alexander. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Right to be Read podcast. That's the podcast that inspires and encourages writers. I'm your host, Annie Alexander, and I'm really happy that you're listening to the show. Before we start, I'm really, really excited to tell that I finally redesigned my website. Now it looks uh, much uh, better and it reflects my personality, I think. So uh, you're more than welcome to check it out at www.annealexander.com. So now we'll start our show. I'm having an interview with John Paul Aquar. Uh, he's the founder of the Money Dummy Blog. He's also internet entrepreneur, social media consultant, and experienced online marketer. John Paul was number six on Forbes magazine top 50 social media influencers list for 2013. His blog has around 110,000 followers and he also has 140,000 followers on Twitter. So hello, John Paul, and thank you very much for coming over to my show. Hello and thank you for having me. Well, uh, I was really impressed about the short time frame within which you kind of managed to succeed and uh, have such a large audience. Can you briefly just, you know, tell us your story, how you started and how did you get there? Okay, yeah, I started, I, I was, I've been working online for about 10 years. Um, I had a multi-level marketing business and then I also sold stuff on eBay and then I had some success with that, uh, so I decided to start a blog where I can tell people the things I was doing online to help them make money. And that I probably started the blog about, I don't know, about five years ago. I've probably been using it on a regular basis for about four years. Um, that's how I started the blog, and the goal, like I said, was to share the stuff I was doing that worked and that didn't work. And the blog has grown since that. Now we cover, you know, we help people with how to use a blog, how to use a blog and turn it into a business that actually makes you money. Um, also, we teach people how to use social media uh, to drive traffic and build relationships and make sales uh, and things like that. And my main focus as far as social media was uh, was with Twitter in the beginning because it was something I learned pretty quickly and it was free. So in the beginning, I had no money for marketing and stuff like that. And that's where I went. I went to Twitter because it was free and I learned how to use it really well. And, and that helped build my blog and my audience uh, really well. Okay, so you drove your traffic mainly by using Twitter, is that right? In the beginning, I used, you know, back in the day, I used MySpace and all the other ones and Facebook and the ones that were around back then. But Twitter was my main focus because uh, for me, it was easy to use and it's easy to get results from if you do just a few things correctly. Um, it'll drive traffic to your site pretty quickly compared to Facebook takes a lot more work, especially nowadays where the engagement is so low and to get stuff seen, you have to pay for it. And Google Plus works really well. And the other ones still work, but I think Twitter is still the best place for me that uh, people can get traffic pretty quickly. 
Oh, it's, it's very interesting you say that because many people I meet who don't use Twitter, when I am asking why, they say, well, it's complicated, it's difficult to use. And you, you just stated the opposite. So can you briefly explain why is it easy and, you know, how to make those people who are a bit confused with Twitter get a bit familiar with how it works? Yeah, Twitter is, the nice thing about Twitter is it's, it's not hard to use, but it does take work. It's, if you do a, a few basic simple things, Twitter will bring you really nice results, but it takes, it takes work. That's the problem. That's why a lot of people don't get results with Twitter mm -hmm. is because they think they can pop in, tweet a couple things, and then they're gone for the day, and then they wonder why Twitter doesn't work for them. It's because Twitter just takes more time. You don't have to be there 20 hours a day, but at the same time, you want to make it look like you're there all day. Like I only go on Twitter. If I add up all the time that I go on Twitter every day, I, it's probably maybe two hours, three hours at the most. And But if you looked at my stream, you would think I'm on Twitter 15 hours a day. It, that's the beauty of Twitter. You don't physically have to be there all the time. You just, you just want to be there enough where you get seen, you share great stuff. And people get used to seeing you because then once they get used to seeing you and they like the stuff you share, they'll look for you more. And the more they look for you, the more they'll see you, the more they'll see your stuff, the more they'll tweet it, the more other people will see you. Um, Twitter just takes – honestly, Twitter to be successful with Twitter and have and do really well is you have to be active. You have to be there. You have to be there at least you know a little bit in the morning, a little bit in the afternoon, a little bit at night so you get the best chance to get in front of everybody and not just the people who use Twitter in the morning. Mm -hmm. And when you're there, you want to be active. You want to share great content. You want to share content from you, but you want to share people, other people's content. And you want that content to be targeted to what you do. If you're a fiction author and you're a self-published fiction author, then you want to stick to mainly things that fit fiction, that fit being an author, that fit being a self-published author. You want targeted content that fits around what you're doing. You want to mix in about 10% of just random stuff, you know, funny stuff, fun stuff, Anything that you care about, you don't want to only be just about business. You know what I mean? Because then you'll mm -hmm. get boring and people will think you have no personality. So you want to mix in, you know, you want to share your own stuff. You want to share other people's stuff that's still targeted to what you do. And then you want to mix in about 10, 15, 20% of just random stuff, just funny posts, silly posts, whatever you like. You know, not offensive stuff, but, you know, funny, silly, whatever, even serious stuff. If there's a news headline that happens that you feel strongly about, share that. That's fine because it shows you're a real person. It shows you have personality. It shows you have feelings, and you're not a robot that just tweets out, you know, business tweets morning, noon, and night. That's going to get you ignored. So you want to mix in a little bit of you, some funny stuff. You want to share great stuff. So when you're there, share great stuff because the better – like I built my audience not just from my stuff like that I've written. Mm-hmm. It's the stuff I shared of other people and people got used to me sharing quality stuff and it was more built because of the stuff I was sharing of other people that got me attention so much that not so much as just the stuff that I've written because once you people like what you share and they – whether it's yours or somebody else's stuff that you're sharing, they're going to look for you. They're going to want to pay attention and be like, hey, what's Ani sharing today? Oh, that's a great post. It doesn't matter if it's yours or, or mine. The fact that you're sharing it and you become a resource where people can come to get great information on a targeted topic, which would be you know, either being a fiction author or a self-published author, then that's how people are going to pay attention to you. They're going to start sharing your stuff, and then you want to be active. You want to be in there. You want to be available. When somebody asks you a question, answer it. When somebody makes a comment, reply to it. Whether you, know, you want to reply within an hour or so, but it, 
you don't want to reply six hours later because they'll forget. But if you can reply within two hours, then do that. You know, comments to somebody. If somebody makes a, a comment or asks a question or even retweets anything of, you, of yours, you know, acknowledge that and say thank you, you know, because not a lot of people do that. Mm-hmm. So when you do it, they're going to they're going to remember that. You know, that's my thing. I've been thanking people since day one. And that's probably one of the biggest things that helped build my audience was just the fact that I was doing something that nobody else took the time to do. And it's such a simple thing, um, but it's powerful. So you want to be at, you know, available. You want to be active. And that's really it. if you can do those three things throughout the day, you know, in the morning, spend a couple hours or an hour. Break up, you know, use tools like Hootsuite where you can schedule your tweets. That way you don't have to physically be there all the time. Mm-hmm. And you want to be active in the morning, a little bit in the afternoon, a little bit at night. And that's the best way to get in front of because some people come on Twitter in the morning. Some people only come on at night. Some people come on, you know, while they're at work because they don't have a computer for whatever reason. So you want to make sure you hit, you get on Twitter a little bit throughout that day. So that way you get the best chance to get in front of people. Uh, if you do those three things on a regular basis – um, you're going to do really well with Twitter because there's not many people using Twitter correctly. So if you can do those things, you'll stand out because there's so many people there that just share garbage or they just share their own stuff and they get ignored because you know it's annoying to see somebody who only shares his own stuff. So if you can do those three things uh, on a regular basis, you will have success because people will, will start to look for you. Uh-huh, I see. And uh, I guess it's not very difficult because if you have the Twitter on your smartphone, I mean, you can just reply and thank people uh, no matter where you are. It takes just a few seconds and uh, it's not a really complicated thing to do. But as you said, it does uh, make an impact because uh, me too, I haven't met many people who do that. So it it will remind about you periodically. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. So it's apparently, I don't know, I mean, when I was getting used to Twitter, the first two days were a bit weird, but actually it looks more complicated than it really is. At least that's what my impression was, because you you end up uh, understanding the basic things and then you, you start finding your way through it and, and uh, you know, you, you get your style and your way of doing things. So those three main things are very important. We should remember those. And what about I don't know how should someone find the audience or the people on Twitter he should interact with which are from from their interest group let's say uh, someone is a writer and mm-hmm. he wants to um, to get in touch to, to get connected with writers are there any ways like hashtags or lists or a- anything they can kind of you know get uh, already filtered information about users who they are interested uh, about yeah, there's there's many ways you can find people that are in the niche or uh, you know the the topic that you cover. So if you're a self-published author, you can do a search just on the Twitter search for self-published authors, and you'll get a huge list of people um, that you can follow. You even find you will find some lists of lists that people have already made, um, and you can follow hashtags. Hashtags if you follow you know uh, find hashtags that fit self-publishing, then you'll find people that comment and share things with that hashtag then you have a good chance that those people are interested in self-publishing. The nice thing about Twitter is you can you know, actively find people and follow them and build your community. You don't have to. With Facebook, you can't really do that. So that's why it's hard to get success with Facebook because to get new followers on Facebook, it's very complicated. 
With Twitter, it's very easy. Uh, The simplest way is find an author, a self-published author that has a large following, number one. Number two has an active following where that person's actually getting tweets and make sure they're targeted and then go to that person's followers and follow them. Follow, you know, every couple days, follow 100 of them. What will happen is you follow 100, chances are you're going to get about 50 of those people will follow you back. Mm -hmm. Now, that's 50 new people that are following you that are look are ready to see any messages that you put out. And if you that you do that two, three times a week over the next few months, soon you'll have thousands of followers that are targeted because they're interested in self-publishing and they're active because you've seen them active in this other person's quote uh, stream. So that's a great way to get in front of people. But there's many ways. If you're looking for followers, you can do that. If you're looking for people to find great content to share, you can use the Twitter search. Again, you can use the hashtags. But it, there's so many ways, so use a little bit of everything. But I think the best way to, to gain followers, unless you're just looking for information, but if you're looking to gain new followers, then it's just a matter of finding somebody you respect that's in self-publishing, that has a nice following, that has an active community, then follow their people because if those people are following him or her, or her then they're interested in self-publishing. So you already know that person is targeted. So in some way, somehow, they're interested in self-publishing. Now, they may not be interested in being a a self-published author. Maybe they have a different interest, but that's okay. As long as they have a interest in self-publishing, that's a person that will follow you. And since that person has an interest in self-publishing, when you tweet stuff about self-publishing, those people are going to share it because obviously they have an interest in that. So that's the easiest and simplest way to gain a following that's targeted to what you do. Um... Just using some really simple stuff. You don't have to go crazy with tools and, and get overcomplicated. It can be – you can do really well just keeping it very simple as far as, you know, like I said, just doing using the Twitter search, looking for lists and hashtags, and you have more than enough people that, uh, that you can use to build a community with. Mm-hmm, I see. Well, it was actually interesting. I guess uh, this is what uh, some or most of my followers did was because when I was a complete beginner with Twitter, I didn't do much. I just set up my profile and, and in the description I wrote that I was a, an author. And it, it happened so that most of my followers were authors also. Mm-hmm. So I ended up having targeted followership without doing anything so it was like the the authors who were trying to connect or follow other authors and it Mm -hmm. it, it happened by itself now i'm doing it myself and you know i'm i'm already building the audience based on you know what what i would like to have as an end result but it was very interesting to realize the trend that you know it it kind of uh, happened by itself and i immediately could see what who the majority of my followers were which was very interesting. So uh, apparently uh, what you put in your profile description has a major impact on what happens next. So what would you advise in that case? When you set up your profile, you, you put your cover picture and you put your, your profile picture, what would you suggest in terms of branding, in terms of what kind of description to use and to, to get the better image, let's say? I think it depends on what you're trying to do. You definitely want to put a header image up because uh, that's a great uh, area to use for branding or for anything, but do something with it. Either make it personal to you, um, use some branding, put a message there, use it for a quote, whatever it is, do something with it because it doesn't matter what it is, people will notice it and it'll help you in the long run. So you want to at least put a header up. You definitely want a nice 
uh, headshot image of yourself so people know you're a real person. Uh, and then description, it really depends. You, you don't have much room to work with, but you want to be descriptive. Say what you do. And if you want to throw in a little little comedy or whatever, little little personality, and then, then do that because those are the profiles people pay attention to. They don't want them overly businessy and, and things like that. So you want to say what you do. If you're self, you know, example again, if you're a fiction self-published fiction author, then say you're you're a, a fiction author that's self-published and, and make sure people know that. So as soon as they get to your description, they see your header. Your header may tell them what you do. If that doesn't, then your description will automatically tell me. Okay, Ani's a self-published fiction author. Great. No matter what else I know, I know exactly what you do. You're targeted. When somebody comes to my profile, they'll see that I help people with blogging, social media, and how to turn a blog into a business. That's all they need to know. No matter what else they need to know, that right there tells them what John does. So you want to make sure you, you, your description, your, your little profile describes what you do or what you're there for. Mm-hmm. If you want to throw in some personality and something funny, that's fine. Or something personal, whatever, makes you look like a real person, great. Want to make sure you have a URL to your blog or to your website so people can find you. Don't send them to Facebook. Don't send them anywhere else because the goal is to bring people back to your website, not to send them from Twitter to go to Facebook. That makes no sense. Mm -hmm. So make sure you have an actual website URL and you get a nice backlink on top of it, which is great for SEO for your website. So make sure you have a nice little profile. You have a nice image, a nice header image, and you you add in your URL so people can have something to click. If they want to learn more about you, they can click that, go to your website, preferably send them directly to your About Me page. So that way, as soon as they get on your website, they're already on a page to learn more about you, and that's the goal. So uh, you can do that. You can either add the About Me page or just a, just a generic mm-hmm. homepage URL to your website. That's fine too. But if you want to make them more personal, send them directly to your About Me page, and that's all you need. So that way, a person sees you. Okay, great. They see an image. It's a real person. They see your quote or your header. Wow, that's really nice. I like that. They see your profile. Oh, okay. I know what Ani does. Great. I'm going to follow her because you know what? I want to be a self-published author too. I'm following Ani because she has everything I look for. She has a nice stream, a busy stream, an active stream. She has a nice header. She has a nice, uh, real pretty headshot. She has a nice descri- you know, description profile. These are the things that people look at what, before they decide to follow you. So if you have all these things in place, when it comes time for people to come to your page and follow you, you have a much better chance that that person is going to say, I'm following Ani because everything I see is exactly what I'm here for, too. Mm-hmm. I see. Well, since you, you said that we should drive uh, the traffic from our Twitter profile to our blog, let's get back to the blog. And let's see, uh, maybe you can explain why, because I'm surprised that there are still many authors who don't have blogs or even websites. Uh, can you explain the, you, you know, the high importance of having one these days? Yeah, it doesn't matter what you do online. You have to have a blog. Um, you can have a website too. It just Blogs work easier. They're easy to use. Have a WordPress blog. It doesn't cost much to set one up. Um, and the goal of everything today is you need content. To get people's, excuse me, to get people's attention, you need to share content that you've, you've either written, you've used, you've taken pictures, whatever content. That could be an image. could be a video. could be a blog post. It could be um, anything. But... That's how you're going to get people's attention. People won't listen to you if you constantly talk about your new book. Mm-hmm. But, they will, but they will listen to you if you take bits and pieces from that book and write a blog post about it and get people to come to your blog to read that blog post. And then at the end of the blog post, say, hey, by the way, this is a piece from my new book. 
if you want to learn more, click here. They're going to go read your book. That's going to work a lot better than you constantly tweeting, hey, here's a new you – know, I just wrote a new book. Oh, hey, my new book. They're going to ignore you at some point. So the only other way to get people's attention is with content. And the only way to do that is to have a blog where you put that content. Again, whether it's a blog post or a video, whatever you feel comfortable doing, you need to have a blog that you maintain and control because if you don't have a website or even a blog, then people – won't buy your stuff because most people don't buy things on their first time seeing it. So if you drive people back to your website and you have a link where you have your book for sale, they may not buy it the first time they visit, but maybe the third, fourth time they come back, they may say, you know what, I'm going to go buy Ani's book because I've been reading her blog post for a couple weeks and I'm really interested. I'm going to buy her book. I love her blog posts. I love her videos. I'm going to buy her book. That's how you use social media and content marketing to make sales. You can't. It's very hard to make sales by just tweeting, hey, here's my new book. Go buy it. You may make a sale or two here and there over a few weeks, but in the long run, you won't make any sales that matter. And the only other way to do make those sales is you have to give first, which is give content, prove you know what you're talking about. And a great way to do that as a self-published author is take, like I said, take maybe a, a chapter or something, bits and pieces from your book and then cut it down really small and take the most important bits of that and make a blog post about it and then talk about that and then – it get people interested. They'll read and be, wow, I really like the way Ani writes. I'm going to go read her book. I'm going to go buy her book because I've been reading – I've read a couple of her blog posts about this book and I really like it. I'm going to go buy the book. You're not asking them to buy it. You're not forcing it in their face. You're just sharing great content and they're enjoying that content and that content's what's going to get them to buy your book or get on your email list where then they'll buy your book later on. So that's your goal and that's why you need to have a blog. You need to have consistently come up with new content. Uh, and you can do that with video if you just put video on YouTube, and that's fine. And you can do that, but you could do that and have a blog and have, you know, even more use out of that because you can put the video on YouTube, but then take that video, put it into your blog post. Now you have two pieces of content you can share. You can share the video directly from YouTube, but you can also share the video inside a blog post and share that blog post with people. So now you have that same video has become two pieces of content that now you can share for the next couple weeks. So that's the power of having a blog. In the blog, you control that. You don't control Twitter. We don't control social media, Facebook, any of those places, but we control my blog. I control what you see on my blog. Mm -hmm. So if I'm trying to sell something or try to get you on my email list or trying to get you to do something, the place to do that is on my website. And as a self-published author, a blog is the best place to go because if you want people to like your writing and believe in your writing enough to buy your book, then why why don't you have a blog showing off your writing style and your technique and your abilities because as a as an author that's the best place you can show off is writing blog posts for free and those people are going to read that and because they're there because you're a, you're an author if they read enough of your blog posts and they like them they're going to buy your book because the two go together if they you know if i like the way you write blog posts and I, you have you know you tell a great story and you share great tips and your blog post is is great then I'm going to be like, wow, that book is amazing because I got to buy that book and this post is for free and it's this good. Imagine what she has in her book and how good her book is. So it's just, it's just, it makes no sense to not have a blog as an author. Whether you're a published author, a self-published author, even a wannabe author, it may, you have to have a blog because that's the best place you have for free to show off what you're trying to do, which is you know, write books. Okay, yeah, I, I completely understand what you mean. And that's most probably the best place also where you can engage with your readers. 
and exactly. and get into dialogues because not necessarily it can happen through Twitter or Facebook or you know it it's better to drive them to your blog and then have the engagement and more deeper and and more serious relationship with them in your venue let's say yeah yeah that's you want to treat your blog almost like uh, if you're having a your dinner party at home right you mm. invite you invite all your friends to come to your home, to your dinner party. You control the dinner party. You control what you feed them. You control what entertainment they see. You control what time they leave. You control everything. You have full control. They see what you want them to see. They come in. You want them to see a pretty kitchen. Have your party in the kitchen. They see the kitchen all day. So that's how you want to treat your blog is your living room. You use social media. use Twitter, Facebook, all those social sites as places where you're inviting people. Come back to my blog where you're going to see more about me. Once they're on your blog, then that's, like you said, that's where you control everything. That's where you build the relationships. That's where you, they, people will comment. You reply to those comments. You build that engagement. You get them on your email list and continue that engagement through email, which you control again. Again, you don't control social media. So you have to use social media as, to the best you can. But at some point, your goal is not to be on social media all the time and, and just waste your time. Your goal at some point with all the social media sites is get those people from liking you on tweeting you on Twitter and Facebook and Google Plus and everywhere and then having them visit your website so that way they like what they see. They'll come back over and over again. Whether they see you on Twitter again or not, it doesn't matter. They now like your blog. They now bookmarked your blog. They're going to visit it on a regular basis. They've now become um, you know, a subscriber to your email list. So they'll see every new blog post you share, whether they see it on social media or not, because they're going to get it directly in their email. They come back to your blog, build that relationship by in the comments, replying to people. And this is going to show that number one, you, you're a great writer. You're showing off your talents. Number two, you're a real person. Uh, number three, it shows off your personality. And that's what people are going to like. And once people connect with you like that through comments or through email, whatever it is on your blog, they're going to buy anything you sell them because they like you. They like what you do. They they like your writing style. So you can come out with 10 books. They'll buy all 10 of them over the next couple of years because they already – you already have that friendship, that relationship, number one. Number two, they you've already proved that you're good at what you do and that basically pre-sells them on any book you come out with in the future. Uh-huh. I see. And uh, since you mentioned wasting time, there are many writers who, who are n- not doing it full-time, apparently. So they have this full-time job, which most probably they don't like that much, but they write in their spare time. And uh, some argue that, you know, blogging takes time as well on top of what they already do. So mm-hmm. uh, is there any minimum amount, I mean, any any way to find out what is the minimum amount frequency that the blog should be updated to stay effective? Yeah, the, it just depends on your readers. Uh, on a new blog, you want to do at least two good quality posts a week um, because that'll keep people coming back on a regular basis. You don't want to do any, you don't need to do any more than that. I think two blog posts, two quality blog posts a week is more than enough. If you do one a week, that's better than nothing. Okay, you you want to do more than one a week, but if that's all you can do, and that, and then make sure that one blog post is amazing. Make sure it's detailed, it's thorough, it's helpful, it's it's amazing because that's the only blog post you have that week to to bring people back to your blog. So if you can do two a week, then that's you can do really well with two blog posts a week. But if you can't, one blog post a week is still better than nothing. Okay, you you need to. The point is you want to have content. Number one. It's content you now share on social media. Again, 
your invitation to your party, to your, your, dinner, your dinner party, your blog post or invitation. So every blog post you do is a new invitation. So the more you do per month, the more chance you have of people coming to your party. So that's how you want to look at it. If you do one a month, you've only sent out one invitation. Chances are you're not going to get a lot of people. But if you do 10, 15 blog posts a month, that's 15 invitations going out. You have a better chance of driving more people back to your blog to come to your, to your quote, your dinner party. So you want to treat every, every blog post like that, like an invitation, like a, a mini sales page, meaning the better it is, especially as an author. This is specifically for authors. If you're an author, then what people care about is your writing. So mm-hmm. then your blog posts have to be amazing because you have to look at them as these are, these are mini little sales pages. Because if I'm going to buy your book, number one, I want to know if you even can write. And the best way to show me that without talking about saying how great you are, which never works, show how great you are, your blog posts are how you show how great you are as a writer. If your blog posts are amazing, then that person, they have no question. Then the only question about buying a book now is can I afford it? And if your book is not even that expensive, then there's no roadblocks anymore because they love the way you write. The price is low. They're going to buy your book. That's, that's an automatic thing. So you have to, as an author, you have to write blog posts that are amazing. If you can do two a, month, a week, perfect. If you can only do one, that's okay. Just whenever you have a little more free time, try to do two a week. But if you can at least do one a week, one quality post a week, I think you, you'll do all right. Mm-hmm. Okay, I see. And then uh, I was just thinking that it makes a really interesting traffic flow because you invite people to your blog through social media and Twitter and Facebook, etc. These people come, they get, they read your content, they uh, start getting engaged, they uh, hopefully subscribe to your uh, email list. And then when they really like your content, then they share also this thing from your blog to the social media and the content goes back virally to, to those uh, channels as well. So it yeah, kind of it, flows. <laughs> yeah, it's like a snowball effect. You know what I mean? The snowball starts really slow when it's coming down the mountain. And as it builds up momentum, it gets bigger and bigger. And it causes even more pro- – it gets bigger to the point where – and that's what you want. You want the goal is bring people to your blog. Uh, number one, connect with them. Build those relationships. Get them on your email list if you can. If not, get them to enjoy your blog post. As they read a more, more and more of your blog posts – that's what they're going to do. They're going to then take your blog post and share it out. So now you'll have people sending out invitations, quote, invitations to your dinner party for you, which mm-hmm. means they're going to tweet it. So when they tweet it, now they're sending out an invitation saying, telling their followers, hey, come to Ani's blog, quote, her dinner party. So then it builds and it, it gets momentum because now you're not the only one sharing and sending out the invitations. You now have all these other readers that are now sending those invitations, quote, Facebook shares, Twitter tweets, Google Plus shares, all these places, and now people are now sharing it for you, bringing even more traffic. So if you're doing your stuff on a regular basis, sharing it, then you have people sharing your stuff on a regular basis. basis. At some point, it gets bigger and bigger, and that's how you consistently drive traffic to your blog because now you're sharing your information, but you're not the only one. You now have people who constantly share your stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's what you want, and that's, that's the goal. And that doesn't happen overnight, obviously. That's, you know, that takes a little bit of time, but if you do things correctly, if you focus on Twitter and manage Twitter correctly, you manage social media correctly, and then your goal and focus is bring those people back to your blog, and you manage your blog correctly with one to two blog posts a week shared correctly on Twitter and on social media, then it, it just becomes a nice circle because you share stuff, you put it out, it brings people back, those people read it, they share it, it brings more people back, and it just becomes a consistent cycle week after week, and if you do that consistently – Within a few months, you'll have a nice 
following on your blog where you're making sales. You're making sales of your new book. You have an audience for your next book. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm, exactly. Okay, let's just go, before we, we wrap up, let's just go to the very beginning. So let's say someone just started writing a book. So apparently uh, one of the musts, as we agreed, is to set up a blog. And while he's still writing a book, you know, start writing in his blog as well. So he builds the audience before the book is ready even, so he doesn't waste time. And uh, then we have this huge Uh, amount of different social media channels besides Twitter, uh, because I, I presume you will suggest Twitter as this, the main one, which are the must uh, media, social media channels that he should use for the very beginning? Uh, I, I think for authors or self-published authors, I think you want to be on Twitter just because the results will be quick. You want to be on Facebook as much as I'm not a huge fan of Facebook, but I know they made some changes a couple days ago, so I think engagement is going to go up a little bit. So I think it's going to help people um, get their posts seen a little more. They just made a new update to their, their terms of service where it's a good thing, finally. It's an actual good update instead of a negative. So Facebook, you want to be on Facebook, and you want to be on Google+. Plus. Just because Google Plus, again, is like Twitter. You can actively grow your following. You can get very targeted people on Google+. Plus. And I see a lot of authors on Google+, Plus, so it's a good place for that. Um, you want to be on Pinterest, obviously, because if you share images with your blog or images with your, your, your book, your, your book covers and things like that, then you want to be on Pinterest a little bit. Not a huge amount of focus on Pinterest, but you want to be there enough to give it a little focus and get out of there. Um, Instagram, same thing. You want to pop in, do a little focus because you are an author and maybe something visual. You have a book. But I think YouTube, if you're comfortable in front of video, then get on YouTube, definitely. So I would put most of my focus maybe into Twitter, uh, Facebook, and Google+, and then YouTube, Pinterest, and Instagram. Not a huge focus, but you want to make sure you're there. You have to be everywhere, but you don't have to be everywhere equally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I see. And on Facebook, what would you suggest if, if someone is an author, should he have an author page or uh, set up a group where he can engage into dialogues with, uh, with the readers? You, you could do both. Uh, Facebook, you can have, I would have a personal page and a fan page just for my blog or for, my, for that. Have a, you know, a personal, regular Facebook profile page and have both. And if you want to do a group and you have the time, because groups take time and to manage, If you want to run a group, you can do that instead. If you want to just pop, find groups that are in uh, about self-publishing, you want to be a member of those groups and share your content there and join the discussion, that would probably be easier because managing groups can, it can take a lot of work because what happens is then you got to deal with you know spam and it's kind of a headache. But if you have the free time, then yes, make a group. But if you don't, I would rather you go in and find groups that are already made, just become a member, jump into the conversation every time you have a new blog post, share it on there because that's going to drive traffic back to your blog. Mm. But, and it's going to help you build relationships and you're going to build you know, friendships in that group. That would be easier because, like I said, to manage a group takes a little bit of work. And if you're already managing your Facebook page and managing, you're managing your fan page, to have to manage a group on top of it, it gets busy. And if you don't have a huge amount of time, then don't do it. Mm -hmm. I'd rather you, like I said, find search Google, I mean Facebook, find groups that are already pre-made uh, about for self-publishing or publishing in general and just become a member of those groups because those are going to benefit you just as much as having your own group. Yeah, exactly. And you know what, what I discovered? I, I was really, really surprised. I mean, I never liked LinkedIn. 
uh, it was like I don't know it somehow didn't attract me <laughs> at all and when I launched my podcast I decided just to see how it works and I went to several groups in LinkedIn the groups yep. for writers groups for podcasters and things like that and it worked so well I was really surprised I never expected that and I, you know now I'm periodically there but I never thought it would work so LinkedIn also maybe I don't know <laughs> yeah LinkedIn is good I use LinkedIn but I, I do more businessy stuff so but LinkedIn groups work really well I've been using those for years and it brings a lot of attention and traffic uh, for a self-publisher, again, you want to be everywhere because, number one, you want to have a professional page on LinkedIn and say, hey, I'm a professional author. Whether you've been published or not, I don't care. If you think you're a professional author, then you're a professional author. Then make a page and say, I'm a professional author and these are the books I've written. Whether they're self-published or not, you still wrote a book and that's impressive. So you want to you wanna have a LinkedIn profile So because the pro- you want to be everywhere. You know what I mean? You want to be on every place you can be. Because you never know where you're going to get seen. But you don't have to physically be there and spend a huge amount of time. You want to pick and choose the social media places that you have the most – that you have time that you're going to get the most from. I would say Twitter 1, Facebook, Google Plus 2, uh, maybe you know, video, maybe YouTube would be 3. Just because – put your biggest focus into those three or four places. But pop into all those other places like you mentioned. In LinkedIn, make sure you visit once in a while. Pinterest, make sure you visit once in a while. Just stay active a little bit, but make sure you have a profile made with links back to your blog with think with your content there so people, when they visit, they see your stuff because you want to be everywhere you can be. That's the easiest thing because social media is free, so why not be everywhere? But physically, your time doesn't have to go to every place because you're not going to have time to visit everywhere. I don't have time to visit. There's days I don't visit LinkedIn for two, three days because I just don't have the time. My time is in Google+. Plus on Twitter and on Facebook, and that's just where my personal time goes because that's where I see the most results. And then manage that. See what you're doing for a few months. Look at your, your analytics on your website, your traffic, and see where's the traffic coming from. If you notice that you're spending most of your time on, on Twitter but yeah, and, and only a small amount on LinkedIn, but you're noticing you're getting just as much traffic from LinkedIn than you are from Twitter, then go spend more time on LinkedIn because obviously something's working really well for you on LinkedIn that you're getting almost the same traffic for a quarter of the time wasted then you want to put more focus into LinkedIn because whatever's happening is working really well. And if you're driving traffic with a 10% effort, effort on LinkedIn, imagine what you would do if you're on there 50% of your time. You would drive even more traffic. So, you know, work all the systems, find the ones that you feel fit you the best and that you like the best that fit your schedule and then monitor it. Check, you know, not every day, not every week, but every couple months, look at your traffic, go to your website and see, hey, who's bringing you the most traffic? Whatever's bringing you the most traffic, keep doing it. If you're not even using it that much and it's still bringing you traffic, put more focus into that because you're going to get even more traffic from it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I see. Well, very impressive. I would also like to add that if you are a bit confused about social media and about Twitter, especially, I personally learned uh, the Twitter basics uh, from your free tutorials, which you had on your website. So I will leave uh, your website link in the show notes so people can go and check them out because they were really simple and comprehensive. So I think that for the very beginners, it's it's a really useful and good resource to to refer to. Thank you. Well, thank you very much for spending this time. As as we all know, we're all busy and the time is 
<laughs> is a deficit. <laughs> so thank you for dedicating this time to our listeners. I'm absolutely sure that there was lots of uh, useful information that they can go back and, uh, you know, re-listen and take some notes. Uh, and I, I will also provide show notes for them so they can start their journey of getting along with uh, social media, setting up their blog and uh, building their audience like that. Sounds good. <laughs> okay, thank you very much. Thanks for the talk. I really appreciate that. Thank you for having me. Bye. Bye. Well, that was it for today. I think that John Paul managed to convince you that Twitter is one of the best means to build your audience as a writer. Before I leave you, I would like to let you know that from now on, I've decided to stick to a fixed schedule and we will be having two weekly episodes on Mondays and on Thursday. So make sure that you check those out. You know, if, if you subscribe to the podcast, then you won't have this problem anymore because you will be updated automatically. Well, take care. Have a nice day. Make sure you write your daily dose and meet you soon. Mm-hmm.